Charles. Cheers. 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 Yep, that's us. That's just a taste of what you're in for. You're listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast miniseries, Drunken Marketing. We're here to drink some wine and share ridiculously hilarious and real marketing experiences with you. We're all part of a B2B marketing team and work together at our nine to five. Sometimes working in marketing can be funny, annoying, or just straight up weird. Our team is going to give you a behind the scenes look at marketing while sharing hilarious stories and situations that we found ourselves in. Let's be real. Some of these stories may not have been funny at the time, but in hindsight, they make us laugh and we've grown to become better marketers because of them. So grab a glass of wine and join us as we tell you the lessons we've learned the hard and funny way. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Drunken Marketing with the Wine and Whiteboards team. Today, we're going to be diving into the minds behind the podcast. So if you've ever been curious about who we are, our likes, dislikes, strengths, weaknesses, what have you, uh, we want you to get to know us a little bit better and on a more personal level. So today's episode is going to give you kind of a deep dive into our minds, the ones behind the podcast. So Join us today for a line of some rapid fire questioning with some funny and unexpected answers. I'm sure those will pop up. So today we're going to be using the iconic Vogue 73 questions as kind of our framework for selecting what we wanted to answer. So I guess diving into our first question is I'm giving this to the entire group to respond. What is your biggest strength? I think everyone's going to answer for me with mine. So organization is definitely my thing. I'm an Asana OCD freak, so definitely an easy answer there. I would agree with that. This one's hard. I feel like, gosh, we started with like a hard one because I feel like talking about yourself in like such a positive way or saying like, I am good at this is is kind of hard. It's I right think fire, I'm going to take it in a funny way. And I think this could be a strength and a weakness is that I can remember quotes from any TV show or movie and relate it to every single situation in life. There's usually a quote that I can remember and pull it in. Is 99% of the time the quote from Friends? I mean, that or The Office. (laughs) I think the really funny part is as you get older and as you've been in the workplace, there's actually like kind of like correlations and you're like, oh dear God, like, yes, that's real. Yes. Yeah. That um, is a good strength. I would probably say, so I think that my workplace strengths are different than like my personal life strengths, but one that is high in both of my worlds, I would say is being reliable. I've been told that I'm the reliable friend. I show up. I feel like I'm a reliable team member. When something needs to get done, it gets done. I don't know. I'm the person that you can count on to be there. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been like a happy hour and we had plans and then you like skip out and be like last minute because a lot of my friends did that growing up and I'd be like, God dang it, I'm ready here. I'm ready. Like, I'm not a canceler. If I say yeah. I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be there. That is very true. I feel like I've never seen Katie cancel. I've never thought about that. The only time I've ever canceled that I can think of recently is when we were going to see Sarah's new house. And Stella didn't get her naps. And I just knew I was going to be miserable if I went to that with a not-napped baby. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I think babies throw things way out of, you know, you're expecting things to go a certain way and they just aren't going to. I'm a very like, like I said, organized person and I'm due in June and I just expect it to be a cluster. I was going to say, I think problem solving is a strength of mine. Yeah. I think I'm able to take big things and kind of break them down into like digestible pieces and, you know, think through it, think through it critically. I'd say that's probably mine. I think about half our company would agree with you based on their (laughs) them going to you to solve all their problems. (laughs) They can't come into the marketing room anymore that now. Like that's the nice part about being remote. It's like people can't just like come interrupt you now. There is so much less office gossip. Like that's pretty much like I don't want to say eliminated, but being remote, like that's not really so much a thing anymore. That's like someone I caught up with recently <clears throat> that I hadn't had a meeting with in a very long time was like, Oh, do you know any office gossip? And I was like, No, I literally talked to my team. I have no idea. So I was going to go with creativity. I feel like when I'm in a good mood and I am excited and passionate about something like passion and creativity and thinking outside the box normally come naturally to me and I don't find it like a hard or a stretch. Granted, if I'm tired or not in a good mood or it's just not like if you're stressed, I feel like it doesn't come very well to me then. But yeah, All the planets have to align. Exactly. <laughs> And then it's like you can have these little like brilliant moments where you're like, oh, shit, that was a good idea. I actually I agree, Sarah. I think creativity is like definitely one of your biggest strengths. I mean, Um, think of all the weird themes we've had over the years. Like who comes up with this shit? Sarah does. And she (laughs) executes it. Amazing. All right. So moving on to the next question. Oh, this one's going to be tough, guys. I think we need to do rapid fire. I think you get five seconds. Yeah, I agree. How would you define yourself in three words? Damn, that one's hard. Okay. Can we have like a a couple seconds to think and then we all just like boom, boom, boom? I cheated. I kind of already wrote something down. (laughs) Damn it, Kelly. (laughs) Just like thinking two steps ahead. I'll go. Okay. So I wrote responsible slash reliable, caring, and sarcastic. Okay. Yeah. That's very similar to what I was going to say sassy, caring, and then I was still coming up with, I was going to say loyal. I don't know were my quick things that came out. I was going to say creative, but I feel like we just talked about that, so it didn't seem fitting. I'm going to go with mine and sassy. I know those aren't descriptive words, but... It doesn't say descriptive words. <laughs> what was the first one? Yeah, you cut out. Mom, you repeat it. wine, and sassy. Mom, oh, there you go. wine, and sassy. Got it. <laughs> I like those. I'm going to go with traveler, designer, and amateur sommelier. Oh, gosh. Let's <laughs> say empathetic, leader. Ooh, can I just go two? Corgi lover. <laughs> Corgi Dog. lover. There we go. Dog lover. That's- Funny how some of us went with more like personality attributes and some of us went with more like things we do or who we are in relation to other people. Like identity. Or things we love. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I feel like my personality changes with people I'm around. So that's why it's hard for me to like choose that one. Because like I'm traditionally I'm more like an introvert. But with you guys, I feel like I'm able to be an extrovert because we've done like that psychological safety and all that. So I can be a weirdo. 
I love it when people can unleash their like inner weirdo. Like that makes me happy. Me too. I don't know why I chose wine as a descriptive word, but I guess it's just how I'm feeling. <laughs> I, had to jump, I had to jump on that bandwagon too. And I was like, yeah, wine's a big part of my life, but not for the last six months. It will be in four months. You can be, be sure of that. <laughs> Maybe it'll be your vice like to give up because that's the next question, which is what's one vice you wish you could give up? I'm between wine and Diet Coke. Mm. I've tried to really give up Diet Coke you with pregnancy. Give up wine? What? Do you really want to give up wine? No, I'll stick with Diet Coke. I should give it up. It's hard to do. I've actually, I used to drink one or maybe two Diet Cokes a day. And with pregnancy, I've limited myself to maybe two a week. So that's a big step for me. That's a big step. That's a big difference. I didn't want baby to come out with like the jitters. So I would say for me, oh my gosh, guys, food is my vice. I freaking love food. Like (laughs) I like I'm very, I've gotten better at like being disciplined and like finding balance because I feel like I have like two modes. I have like disciplined and then I have like binge eating and I have to like find a balance because like. Like food is not like you have to sustain your body with food. So you can't just say food is general. Maybe say binging food. Binge eating is one that I wish I could give up. There we go. Charlotte, I was going to say the same. And my initial thing was just food because I can't control myself. But it's probably more like the snacking or the amount of food. Like if I could like properly portion control. I don't know. James could just eat the certain amount and feel content, and I can't. Like, I'm just like, more, more. <laughs> it's a hard thing to, like, just be content and, like, be good. Like, I feel like that's hard. And if people have it come naturally to them, like, I'm very jealous of that. It is, like, just needing to put stuff in your mouth, which I know sounds horrible. But that's why, I like, grapes and, like, blueberries. Like, I have to find better snacks because that's why, like, chips and pretzels and all of that. It's the mindless eating. It's what yes. I need to break. Like, while you're watching TV or while you're, like, bored. It's all of those things that are hard to fix. They're habits. They're, like, bad habits. I don't know. There is something called conscious eating that I've been working on where it's, like, you when you eat something, you're supposed to actually sit and, like, enjoy it and think about how you're chewing it and, like, the flavors and, like, whatever. And it's supposed to help with that, like, because I've actually been working on this recently. <laughs> Someone told me once that you really only taste the first four bites of something you're yeah. eating. And then after that, it's just like, you're just ingesting it at that point. So if you really want like a good taste, have a small dessert or something. So I've been having like little dove chocolates and I get like one or two a night. And like, that's my thing. I think my vice would have to be reality TV, Mm. specifically The Bachelor and all the Bachelor Nation drama that goes along with it. I get too, too invested. Katie, I'm not as much in the reality ones. I'm more in the competition shows. Like, give me a competition show and I will binge it. Like, for some reason, the the glass blowing one on Netflix, I was obsessed with. I was wondering if that was any good. It's good. And I I wouldn't have expected it to be like, you know, binge worthy. But then like any interior design show. Yes. 
HGTV, yes. Like, I love all of those things. So I'm, that's nice. I'm with you, Paige. Like, cooking show competitions, like MasterChef, Top Chef, like, the Project Runway, America's Next Top Model. There's something addicting about the, like, who's moving on and, like, finding out who wins it. And I don't know. I do enjoy what you learn and the things throughout. And there also is drama, I feel like, every time. So. Oh, definitely. Like, when they drop the glass after working on it for, like, two hours, guys... If you start watching it, you're going to cringe and be like, oh my God, like it's just, you just feel so bad. And it's like, there should be an edge of the seat kind of show, but it is for some reason. That's like the big cakes when they make the huge cakes or like all any of the weird cake decorating ones or huge things and they move it and it like falls over or cracks and you're just like, <laughs> you, you do feel really bad. You see like the exhaustion on their face and you're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. So as I'm listening to you guys, I'm like, nope, don't want to give up my reality TV show. Love that. <laughs> um, also not giving up the competition shows because I love me uh, some great British bake off. Oh, but yeah. I do think my vice I'd want to work on is sweets. So in line with, you know, the food thing, but definitely not all food. No, no, definitely not all food. All right, next. Ooh, this will be interesting. What is your pet peeve? I have one that I think is very, like, on point with what the world we're living in right now is people not wearing their masks correctly. Mm. Okay, It's like, it's not that hard. Nope. I don't know if you guys are finding this funny, but do you remember the Fruit Loops commercial where it's like, follow your nose, and it's for the toucan? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so every time I don't see someone covering their nose, I'm like, cover your nose. <laughs> Did you say toucan? Is that what the toucan? Toucan. How do you pronounce it? Is it toucan Sam? Toucan. I heard Odin say toucan. Yeah, that's probably the accent coming out. I liked it. That's funny. Like, I enjoy when people print out the pictures like before you enter a store and they show you like proper mask wearing in a slightly sassy, funny way. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, Kelly, I, I'm definitely on board with that. But I think my overall pet peeve since forever has been people that are late. Because I've always been the person that's like 20 minutes early. Looking at two people here. 20 minutes late, so. <laughs> well, it's, if people listen to our airport travels, then they know exactly what we're talking about with yeah. two certain people on this podcast. <laughs> I think I've done I it before where it. I tell you guys a different time because I expect you to be a little late. So I give you like a 30 minute, you know, window. Yeah, it works well. Oh, it's so bad. It's just like one of those things, like, I feel like I've tried to work on and tried to improve, but it's so <laughs> freaking hard, guys. Like, I don't know how to be places on time. Like, I underestimate time. I'm just bad at judging how long it's going to take me to get ready, how long it's going to take me to actually get somewhere. And like, I I think everything is like 20 minutes away. I'm like, oh yeah, it's just 20 minutes. Well, I see those memes and they infuriate me where it's like, they like text their friend, be there in five. And then they're like still in a bathrobe. Yeah. (laughs) So can't handle it. Hmm. I would like to say I'm going to change, but I don't know. When you're in your 30s, I'm not sure how much you can change to that point. Like I have tried working on it, but... It is like Charlotte said, it's a, it's like a getting ready thing. Like, like I don't get ready till the time I was supposed to leave, which then means you're not leaving till the time you're supposed to be there, which makes it obviously impossible to be on time. And I don't, one time I read that it's because 
you're optimistic, like you're optimistic about the number of things you can get done or how quickly you can get ready or how quickly you can get there. And I like that perspective of it because my other perspective is just that there's a part missing in my brain that's just like a wiring that is like not connected, like Batty from uh, Fern Gully. And it's just oh like, gosh, yes. there's like this missing connection when it comes to time management. And I'm like, I don't know. Apparently time doesn't exist in my brain. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's not going to happen. I think they drilled it in my brain to never be late because there was definitely consequences with sports. So if we were like a minute late, we would be running killers the entire you well, know, that, see, that was motivation though. Like I was never late for that kind of stuff because I was not back to my food. Like I was not going to be running sprints like because I was late somewhere. Like that was not going to happen. I saw this meme recently that was like, it was something about like being late and I, it was a take on Tyra Banks, but make it fashion or whatever. And it, it was something about being late, but showing up with Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If you bring sp- something for people, it's okay. Or if you have an excuse of why you were late, like if it wasn't you, it was like, oh, the Starbucks line was so long. Like I didn't expect it. You know, that kind of works. Mm. I agree. Sarah, I was going to tell you, I felt like I had a point that would relate. Oh, when you say like you don't get ready until you actually have to go somewhere till like right before. I've recently learned that like if I just, especially on the weekends, like I don't worry about it during the week or whatever because I'm not going anywhere. But when we have stuff to do on the weekends, I learned like just get ready like when I wake up or like when Stella's down for her first nap because then I'm just ready for the entire day. And I feel like it makes the rest of my day less hectic. And every time I walk by a mirror, I'm not like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) That happened often with quarantine. (laughs) I have very specific pet peeves. I have two. My first one has been a pet peeve since I was in like elementary school. When people rip paper out of notebooks and leave like the lining of the paper and it messes up like your notebook and how it folds clothes and stuff like literally cannot handle that. I will rip all of it out and like throw it all (laughs) away. Like I can't handle it. Not what uh, I would have pictured for you, but I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't I know what it is. That. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah, it's super annoying because it because it, it impacts the way the notebook closes and like the way it like bends it and like it's not good. Specific that has bothered me since I was in elementary it's, school. It's not good. And my second one is when people think they're really good at something and they underdeliver. Mm. Like nothing drives me more insane than people like talking a big game and then like deliver you shit on a platter like I'm like that's not helpful okay that's where modesty comes in like you're never gonna be like I'm great at volleyball you're gonna be like I'm okay and then you show everyone that you are good at it that's it's better that way if you say like I'm I kick ass at volleyball you'll be like okay well show me your skills like it's just a different level of like expectation that's exactly it Paige have you read insight or just like we've all talked about it before I feel like I've read it through you guys so there's this one point we probably talked about it before on the podcast but people that often volunteer or like are the first to volunteer for a job are probably the ones who are like least qualified to do it I feel like my pet peeve is I don't know not exactly on that line but I don't like when people like bitch or moan and complain about something and maybe you suggest a solution but they're like no I can't do that I won't do that like when they refuse 
to help themselves or they refuse to figure it out on their own, people can still Google shit on their own or they can go figure it out. And like when they want you to hold their hand through everything and tell them exactly how to upload something mm-hmm. to YouTube. And I'm like, well, there's a whole internet out there now. So it seems like it's the most intuitive thing to me that you don't know how to do this. And I have to go spend my time telling you or write out a guide for you on how to do this, like the step-by-step. Like, I guess I find it annoying when people can't figure out that like in between step-by-step. And and I'm not even talking about hard things. I've kind of gone with it, Sarah, where if someone's bitching to me about something, I, I almost ask the question, are you just venting to vent? Or are you open to ideas or solutions? Because if they're just venting, I'm like, yep, okay, let's just, let's go to town and bitch about it. Let's just do it right. (laughs) But if they're open to solutions, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Like, I'm going to write down some ideas here. It's a little less frustrating when you at least know, but I'm totally on that same page there. I'm like, oh, like you could do it so much better if you just, you know, tried. If you just put in a little bit of effort. (laughs) You're going to be okay. I think my biggest pet peeve is probably the opposite or is it, would it, would it be the opposite of my strength? So like I said, my strength was reliability. Like I think unreliability is my biggest pet peeve. I can understand that. That drives me insane too. Mine's deadlines. If something is truly needed by a certain date and like you say, you're going to get it done. If you don't, if you don't provide an update. I feel like it's the communication piece. If people are uncommunicative, <laughs> then it's challenging. All right, so moving on. These questions are taking longer per question than I thought they would. So this next question is interesting. We might see people's backgrounds a little bit. If you were not a marketer or designer, what would you be doing? I can jump in with this. I would probably be doing something in recreation. I think we talked about this a little bit before where I could be like a director of all the programs that are running, not in a, another country's resort though, because I don't want to work 18 hour days. <laughs> it would definitely have to be, you know, US based or something like that. But I have done in the past worked in like a community recreation, like a city running it. And it is nothing like Parks and Rec, Sarah. I just want you to know that since you said you enjoy <laughs> that show, there is no Leslie. No, she was um, an amazing person, but she does not exist in the real life in community <laughs> recreation. <laughs> That's disappointing. I think I'd probably be a gymnastics coach or a cheerleading coach. It's my underlying true passion. Travel blogger over here. Mm, that's a good one. I feel like I would have ended up on my original path somewhere in like the sciences because I originally went to school for like pharmacy. So I was a chemistry major. And I probably would have stuck with that somehow. I don't know. Maybe it would have been in science and probably would have not been enjoying my life very much. Probably would have made a pivot down the road. <laughs> I feel like I probably would have ended up in something in like biology or art. That was why I got the scientific illustration because I was trying to combine those two. But so probably more like marine biology or like a, like a zoo position. I did some like interning or job shadowing at like a veterinarian and that was like I realized they had to make too tough of decisions there was one time this dog was having seizures on the table and things were not going well and I knew they were gonna have to put it down and I just walked out because I couldn't handle it I'm sure you get used to things but I knew that was not my like whatever 
to have to do. So I don't know. So not a veterinarian, even though I feel like I used to think that was what I wanted. But once you see it up close and like, you know, the dead dogs in the freezer and all those things, you're just like, mm, no, thank you. I can't handle this job. So no. Ooh, the next one's fun. Back to travel blogger page here. What's one city or place you've always dreamed of traveling to? I want to go to one of those tropical places and stay in one of those overwater bungalows. Like Bora Bora. Yep, or Fiji. Or Maldives. Yep, mm-hmm. that's literally my answer was Bora Bora or Maldives. Myself, I have this like, it's called the my bucket list. I got it at Anthropology. So you add like what you want to do and then when you complete it, you write about it and what your experience was. I recommend. So I have a few of them in there and I've checked off a bunch. So Santorini was on there and I got to do that. And Iceland was on there and that one I checked off. For next ones, I want to do like a trip down the Italian coast. Ooh. I think like two weeks jumping from like city city. I know Katie did that a few years ago and I was super jealous. And it's like, yep, I gotta go do that. So that's hopefully like a 10 year anniversary with my husband kind of idea. Nice. I have been on this Africa kick where I want to go to South Africa and do like Cape Town and then hop over to, uh, I always say it incorrectly, I think it's the Seychelles and Mm -hmm. stay there for a while. Like that would be, I think, my dream. Like hit up some of those like East African like beaches and stuff on the Indian Ocean. So Charlotte, I started planning that to do it with my mother-in-law and I think I realized soon after I'm just not cut out for it because it started to go into the logistics and it was like, you will be up at 4 a.m. And then you will be driving on like your Jeep and I'm not great with like motion sickness. So it was like, you'll be on this Jeep for six hours and you will be peeing in bushes along the way. Like it was like, I won't have a bathroom. I won't, you know, like, you're like, this is not my thing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not that rugged of a traveler. I feel like I have too many because I definitely want to go to Fiji and Bora Bora. But I also want to go to like the French Riviera and like like Provence and Nice and all that. Like that looks beautiful. And like the Amalfi Coast. I also want to go to Greece, like Santorini. And I still always wanted to go to New Zealand and Australia and Costa Rica and Thailand. So I really need to get moving or make a lot more money. To- Too <laughs> many. Just kidding. Too many. <laughs> I want to like, but I feel like all of them are different. I want to go to Hawaii and I want to eat good food in Italy. That just seems like uh-huh. the dream to go eat a lot. Stuffy little face of gelato and pasta and bread. Mm. And you don't even feel sick after you eat all that stuff there because of like their grains. I think it's called like heirloom grains like they don't put a bunch of crap in their food like normal pizza and pasta every single day I would feel very very sick and I don't eat like gluten-free or anything like that so don't don't think that listeners I'm not gluten-free <laughs> I was like okay I'll probably put on some weight like if I'm eating like pasta and pizza and like drinking a bottle of wine every single day nope don't you I, walk I, a lot though yeah that's what I was gonna say yeah. you probably walk it off they do process their food very, very differently, though. Like, it's a lot more natural over there. Whereas we just, like, fill our food with a bunch of crap and fillers and stuff that's unnecessary. I was always oh. upset when I would travel with, like, I studied abroad with a couple of people. And whenever we went somewhere, they'd somehow be like, let's go get McDonald's. And I'm like, no, no I'm not going to go. Like, I will go to the street vendor over here. Like, it always was like a thing of, you know, annoyance. But they enjoyed their chicken nuggets. Go for it. <laughs> 
I would never get McDonald's in another country unless they had like the unique menus that are very like tailored. I might be curious of like what it's like, but I don't think I would like choose to go to McDonald's. They did have a strip waffle McFlurry in the Netherlands, which was pretty bomb, but that was the only thing I'd recommend. That sounds really good, actually. Well, while we're on the topic of travel, thinking about how we get from point A to point B, window or aisle seat, guys? Aisle. Aisle. Did you guys both say aisle? Yeah. Window. I said aisle too. Ugh. Oh, my, am Does I the only window? To go to the bathroom a lot, or like, what is the? I don't like feeling confined in a space where I have to ask someone to get out. I don't know why that is, but and like, yeah, the peeing factor is a thing too. But I, I just hate being like sir, I got to go to the bathroom and he's asleep. And I'm like, I have to be that person or I'm not going to crawl over you. If you're an aisle person, you have to stay awake. Like yes. I don't necessarily mind the window or the middle. I'm actually fine with either. But my fear is that the aisle person falls asleep and I have to wake them up all 87 times. I'm going to pee on this <laughs> four hour flight. <laughs> I also like <clears throat> at the end of the flight that I'm ready to just jet out instead of waiting for the people next to me to take their sweet ass time to get their bags and whatnot. So that's fair. I love the window because you can prop your head up against the wall when you sleep. Cause I sleep on flights. Like that is what I do. If I don't find a good movie, I will just pass out because I get motion sick. So like, I prefer to just like be out. So I'll take Dramamine and just try to fall asleep. The bathroom is an issue. I will say that is an issue, but I think having the window, I also love like when you come close to landing and you can actually see the city that you're coming into. I love looking out the window and being able to see things and like. Nope. I'm definitely afraid of heights. And I hate those people when they open the thing. Because I'm like, well, one, I don't want to look outside. And two, I'm watching a movie and you're ruining the screen. It's really bright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always like a little vampire. Like the light shines in and like ruins your day. I will say one of my favorite things to do is like look at the freeways. Because I feel like when you see semi-trucks, you realize how small they are. And you're like, whoa, like we're really high up. And like trying to gauge, like, I don't know. <laughs> I find it very interesting and fascinating to look out the window. Did you play I with like ants as a child? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not kill ants as a child. Like, It's cool to see how cities are laid out, though. When you're yeah. like coming in like new places, like a lot of times there are grids or weird patterns or like, if it's even at night, you can see where all the light pollution is and everything's like always congregated in this one area. And I like when you go somewhere warm and you see all the pools in the backyard or like, yes. I don't know, if you fly into Florida and you fly in over the Everglades and then whatever. It's good. I don't know. It's yeah, fun I think to look at other people with this like different perspective than you normally get to see from yes. the car. I agree with that. Maybe that's why I like the window. Our next one here. Ooh, I feel like this one's going to be tough. What is something you cannot live without? My pets. Mm. I always joke with my husband of like, if we ever got divorced, I'd get all three of them. <laughs> like, sorry, that's just what's going to happen. Mine. I'm very attached to my pets. Yeah, I would say the same. My dogs or like my morning cup of tea. Mm. Cup of tea. I was going to say something less serious as my Burt's Bees because I literally <laughs> can't live without it. Whenever I see Sarah put her boots bees on, I'm like, oh, my lips are dry too. It's kind of like, 
I hate dry lips. I hate dry lips. I can't handle it. When my Burt's Bees are out and, you know, when it's like the little last bits and I'm like oh, digging awful. it out with my nail, but, or like you're like still rubbing it around your lips, but it actually like hurts your lips more because there's like <laughs> nothing going on. And when I don't have it with me, I kind of have like mini meltdowns. So it's not great. <laughs> Sarah loves her chapstick and her hand lotion more than anyone I know. Yes. Agreed. I hate dry things. I don't know. I'm going to take it in a little more serious direction. And I would say I couldn't live without like purpose. So like feeling like I'm like moving forward or doing something meaningful with my life. I feel like that would be. Yeah. Yeah. I took it really deep from chapstick. (laughs) But like, I don't know, like there's something about waking up every day and feeling like you have to accomplish something. And if I didn't, feel like I had things to accomplish or work towards I feel like I'd be a very unmotivated probably not very good person I think a lot of people are struggling with that in quarantine too it's like for sure every day is the same thing like what is the purpose for today yeah I can see that yeah I totally agree talking about something meaningful obviously like my husband my baby my dog my cat most of the time I don't know sometimes she bothers me but if I had to pick like a material item under eye concealer every single day Mm -hmm. can't live without it hashtag shape tape nation (laughs) I need to get some under eye concealer I went through our sample pack from uh create and cultivate I went through all the samples yesterday and like sorted everything and was like okay I need to use all of these before they like expire and go bad and like they're probably like already probably already are (laughs) fine I think quarantine has gone through phases for me of makeup of like in the beginning I'd wear like a BB cream under eye makeup mascara brows and then it starts to slowly decrease those things and now it's like maybe I'll conceal some pimples and that's it maybe you got to get your brows did so that you don't have to worry about it true that I wear glasses though when I look at the screen, so you really can't even see them that much. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to finish on hopefully a positive note in a time where things haven't always been particularly positive, but what is the best thing that has happened within the last 12 months? Getting pregnant with my first baby. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. I don't know if I can top that with anything else. I think he'd be (laughs) offended in the future if I didn't say that. I was going to say getting engaged and buying a house. It's pretty good. Oh, those are good ones. I'm a mommy now. I don't really have anything that stands out as like the best thing. So I'm going to say I'm going to let 2021 impress me. And hopefully there'll be something really good that happens. I like that. I feel like I've learned a lot about myself in the past year, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-discovery and like self-understanding. And also I have learned to focus on self-love, which is something I did not do in the past. I was very, very hard on myself. And I think I've learned to love myself a little bit more. So I, like I would say those are good things. Some good things happened out of 2020. They did. <laughs> Kelly doesn't seem to think so, but. (laughs) No, the good thing that happened beforehand was traveling. And so that's all gone now. That's very true. I agree with that. Yeah. That would have been my next best thing in 2020 or like the past 12 months would have been like some of the travels that I got to do. Cause I I did Iceland and then we did like create and cultivate, like kind of back to back, which was kind of fun. So 
But well, on that note, that is all the questions that we had. There are an abundance of uh, more questions. If anybody wants to take it, we can send this or put a link to it. Um, I'm pretty sure we answered just a handful of the Vogue 73 questions. So maybe you'll hear more from us later on these as we dive into other ones on other episodes. But for now, thank you for joining us for another episode of Drunken Marketing. We hope you enjoyed getting to know us a little bit more on a more personal level, and hopefully you can relate to us in some way. And if you have any great stories or similarities to share, definitely share them with us. Cheers. 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 Thank you for listening to Drunken Marketing. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the ridiculously hilarious and real marketing experiences from the Wine and Whiteboards team. If you haven't checked out our full-length episodes, pour yourself a glass of your favorite vino and join us. We share marketing tips and design tips on everything from content marketing to website redesign and so much more. Wondering how you can support the show? If you love our podcast, leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe. Share it with your friends, family, enemies, or whoever else you think would enjoy the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. We're always looking for new listeners to add to our wolf pack. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>